You are now in tune to the Keeping It Real podcast. I'm your host, Israel, where we talk to business owners, professionals, and entrepreneurs about the real raw truth behind their industry. The good, the bad, the ugly, and what it takes to be successful. Stay tuned to hear more of the real. You are now in tune to the Keeping It Real podcast. I'm your host, Israel, where we talk to business owners, entrepreneurs, independent professionals, and all-around hustlers about their journey and their path to success and accomplishing their goals, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. Right now, I got a special guest, somebody I've been knowing for a while. Um, I would call a mentor, in a sense. Not in the sense of somebody I sat directly under, but I watched and learned a whole lot from uh, a man of many hats, many hustles, um, jack of all trades, uh, gift to gab, you know, anything you could think of when it comes to words. Uh, he's definitely uh, somebody who can inspire you on your journey. Um, the owner uh, founder, creator of Black on Black Rhyme, has been going strong for 25 years, Mr. Keyboy, Keith Rogers. What's going on, man? How you doing? What up, man? I'm chilling, chilling, chilling. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about the whole inception of Black on Black Rhyme and where I came into it at, and I thought I was early, but... Um, I found out that I, you know, I wasn't as early as I thought I was. So, um, you know, a lot of people are definitely going to want to know, you know, how, you know, what was the inception of Black on Black Ryan? Where did it come from? How did it start? Um, even before it even, you know, came into fruition, like where, where'd you get the idea to do it from? Uh, well, Black on Black Ryan was a, well, when I was in high school, way back in the day, back, back way Hold up, way back in the day, uh, black on black crime was a moniker they turned for when black people keep commit crimes on black people. There was also white on white crime, but they didn't call it that. Uh, it was Chinese on Chinese, you know, every race, you know, you kind of have crime against the people you be around. So but they, they made it popular. There was a political selling point and all that. So I wanted to flip it. So I dropped the C. The rhyme ended up the crime. So it became black on black rhyme. I mean, it brought the C from the crime and left the rhyme. So yeah, I wrote a poem about it. I wrote a poem called Black on Black Rhyme. And then in 96, I wrote a poetry book. It was entitled Black on Black Rhyme. In 1998-99, I started a show called Black on Black Rhyme. And now it's the movement that it is. It's, it's beyond the show. We got multiple cities, multiple states. We ever over, have an affiliate overseas. And so instead of spreading the black on black crime, we spread the black on black rhyme. Oh, we so, don't want the black on black rhyme rate to drop. <laughs> so how did it go from... All right, so so where did your inspiration for poetry come from? Like, where where did you get the, you know, your your inspiration for writing? Where did that come from? As I always been fascinated with rhyme, uh, from pieces, speeches, from writing letters, rap, hip hop, uh, 
nursery rhymes. Uh, I remember my sister would be doing nursery rhymes, playing hopscotch. I used to pay them to teach them to me. You know, just my, my mind just was just drawn to the rhyme. I used to hear my dad rhyming. Um, I just always been fascinated. I remember back in the day, way, 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 way back in the day when people actually bought albums. You know, they used to have the lyrics on the album sleeves. So I used to even look at the album sleeves. See the road, see the rhyme pattern. I used to know what they drank, why they wrote, wrote them. Hey, I, I want to know all the details because the more you know, the more you can pull from when you're trying to create. Right. I used to re- rewrite. So I remember uh, New Edition had that song, uh, It's a Telephone Man. And I, I wrote me a verse. Uh, it said, Mr. Psychiatrist. <laughs> you wrote a verse to Mr. Telephone Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have recorded it. I still know it. So it said, uh, Mr. Psychiatrist. There's something wrong with my mind. Every time I get a dollar, I trade it for a dime. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And that way back. I remember I was in fifth grade in New York. Uh, Well, kind of fourth and fifth grade. I taught myself calligraphy. I bought the little book to learn calligraphy. And I got into a contest in fifth grade up there. I wrote a poem and I did it in the calligraphy and I won. And my aunt still got that poem on her wall in Atlanta. Well, she, she was in New York at the time when she moved to Atlanta. And she still got it. You know, I, I don't. I need to take a picture of it, but let's figure out what it was. But that's the oldest poem I know that I have. And that's like from 1980. Was it 81? 82? You said you taught yourself calligraphy and then you wrote a poem in calligraphy? Yeah. Dang. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, so you writing? Where did it go from writing? All right, let, let me go back. Where are you from? Oh, you know where I'm from. But by the way, Hayes City, Polk <laughs> County. <laughs> so you from Hayes City, Florida? Uh, Lake Hamilton, Florida. Lake Hamilton. Lake Hamilton's so small. We don't have a school, so with the school in Hayes City. That's why we say straight up out of Lake Hamilton by way of Hayes City. Now, some people ask you what school you went to in your certain area. I went to Hayes City, but I'm from Lake Hamilton. So you're from small country town, Lake Hamilton. All that. You can throw some <laughs> other addresses in there, too. Small <laughs> country, ghetto, down to earth, and a whole bunch of stuff you can say about Lake Hamilton. You'll claim all of it. Um, was it uh, poetry? Was that a part no, of the community? No, there? no, no. When I say no, I'm not talking about K-E-N-O-W. I'm talking about E-N-O, capital letter. No, no, no. I was. It was very uncultured. So how did you, yeah, um, no. what, how were you able to kind of cultivate your own creativity and poetry with it not being none of them like that there? Uh, I was fascinated with rhymes. So I always wrote rhyme. Hip-hop came out, wrote raps. Uh... I still, I still got some rap in, in the closet from high school. You know, I still got poems from, from high school that still watch to this day. I remember uh, I was in honest English, and we, we used to do came to the poetry section, and I used to write mine right before the class, or right after the bell, we'd sit there and write it, and we'd get like B's and B pluses, and the, and the, and the uh, teacher would be like, I can see you took your time with it, but you add this right here, I ain't taking my time. I go this right before the bell to get a grade. But it's, it's, always, it's always been easy to me. Uh, like, it, it was kind of too easy. Uh, 
but it's something you sometimes it's how people minds work. Everybody got their own niche and how they think and they think process. Mine was that. Mine was to get the gal. Were you able to share share it outside of like school? Well, actually, when I was in school, when I was in I think, well, tenth, eleventh grade, that's when crack cocaine was real bad. We used to call crackheads rock muscles. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a rap called Rock Muster Rap. Mm-hmm. They actually let me go leave out of my school to go to other schools and other counties and schools to perform. I had one about drunk driving. I had the drug rap called Rock Muster Rap. I had one about uh, I used to write jingles. Like I, I remember I wrote one for Coca Cola. I wrote one for Rolo. I mean they don't know it, but I did. Matter of fact, the Rolo in my book and the drunk driver one is in my book. And I wrote one about suicide. That's in my book too. All that stuff from the eighties, like, but it still hits to this day. So, but you started the name Black on Black Rhyme where you were in high school. Is it? Is, it, is that right? No, no, no. Okay. I started that in uh, nineteen ninety six. Okay. I first heard Black. I heard Black on Black Rhyme when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I didn't write Black on Black Rhyme until after I got in the army. In uh, I think maybe in ninety five. Uh, in junior college. Where Where were you at then? What, what area were you at? In the army or in junior college? Uh, where you came up with the black on black rhyme? I was in Polk County. In Polk County, okay. So you you came up with the name black on black rhyme and wrote a wrote a poem called black on black rhyme. How did it go from a poem to you know making it into a? Where did it go from there? Because we know what it is now, but how did it start from a poem to transition to you taking it further? It was a poem. Actually, you know, I, I wrote it before 90. I wrote it, it had to be 94, 95. I got to Tallahassee, January of 96 uh, at Florida State. And I came from Polk County to go to Florida State because it was halfway between here and Atlanta. And back then, to me, Atlanta was the, the poetry mecca. So it was, it, I was halfway there being here. But I chose Florida State because I wanted to go to their Black History program so I could do my poem. When I first got here in January '96. I was trying to find the lady that was over student minority affairs. I tried for two weeks, but me not knowing the lady I was looking for was actually retiring. Her name was Freddie Grooms. I'm friends with her to this day. Uh, so when I found her, they say because she went in her office because she was leaving and like packing up and all that, doing doing the out exit interviews and all that. So she said, "Baby, I'm sorry. You need to find Joe Bowen." I found Joe Bowen. It was like two weeks before Black Black History Month, and uh, I told her I want to build a Black History program. And she said, uh, "No, what you do?" I say, "I say poetry." She said, "Well, that, that's cute, but we already got the program made out." So she kept saying no. So I was like, "Forget that." I just started doing a poem. Mm. When I when I finished that poem, she said, "What's your name again?" <laughs> I told her my name. They, not only did they move the program back five minutes to give me time to gather classes to, to start the program, I started the program. I did a poem. I did two poems on the program. But what they said I couldn't do because they already got a plan. They printed my poem, one of my poems on the program. And when I say I was on, I was on every show in Florida State that year for the next two years. 
So she says she discovered me. But Black Home Bad Rhyme is one of the poems that I did. Okay. To get on it. So I know I wrote it before 96 because I did it at the beginning of 96 for, for joy. Uh, and that's what started me with poetry in Tallahassee. Now, when I got here in, in the summer of 96, they started this other poetry. They started this open. I had never been to an open mic. Once I went to my first open mic, man, I was in class. My notes started rhyming. Like when I say it, <laughs> I was finding inspiration from everything, from butterflies. To, then I can say, somebody, I used to, this is how bad I had it. I would ask somebody to pick a topic for me to do a poem on. If they picked a topic I didn't have one on, the next time I saw them, I had one on that topic. Mm. That's how I got so many, so many poems about, about different stuff. Like I, I was that, I was, I was, I was that, that guy mentally and, um, and just had the time to write. At, at the time, were you, were you writing just because you just had a passion to write and you were just writing, writing, writing all the time? Or did you see yourself like blossoming you into just life? You, you, ain't, you ain't even got to finish that second part, the first part. You ain't got to ask that question. I, I just had the ability to write and did it. Where it was going, I used to write raps too. But with the raps, I want no game banger. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't sell drugs. I rapped about life and sex. And uh, this, 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 this sex rap got sort of get too graphic. I said, Let me do these poems. I can't do these raps no more. But I can do these poems at churches and stuff. So, so the, the poetry eventually. I, and I had some rap bars. I still know some. I used to, I used to flow. I used to flow. But just like what I was talking about, I didn't feel comfortable talking about that with everybody. Okay. I didn't want to, but with poetry, you can talk about anything. Right. You got to set it up right. So uh, I gravitated toward more the poetry. Uh, they had a poetry show here on Thursday nights. It was called Night Jazz at the Sparta. It was on Monroe, right across from the courthouse. And I, when I went there, when I said I was blown away, and not, not by the poets, just I was blown away by the atmosphere, like people actually do poetry. Okay. Like I say, I didn't know all that because I came from Polk County and we didn't have that type of culture there. So it was it was good. Although I came here in ninety six with over three hundred poems memorized, never had went to a poetry show. So when I went, I was that guy. And I was that guy because I would be there I would be there so early I helped the DJ set up and I stayed so late I helped them broke down. <laughs> all the superstar poets, they would come back in the when the show got thick, not me. By the time the show got started, good, I done did four or five poems to warm the crowd because I had that many poems. Then when it got thick, okay. Then when it got thick, I'm doing one or two poems. Then at the end, when all the poems are gone, I'm closing out with four or five poems. It was any given night, I was doing ten different poems. Then while I'm at the show, I'm writing other poems. Like poets say something, it's sparking my mind to write something else. But my inventory just just increased, just increased. So you're just you're just doing it like all the time, all day, every day, anytime you got an opportunity, any chance that you have, Man, this is what you're doing. I was writing poems on back the napkins when I'm eating at the red light, hoping the light catches so I can write what's in my head. I had it bad. That's it. That's I had it bad, I had it bad. But the what, same poems to this day, I still perform. And people think they was written yesterday. Was there was there a scene in Tallahassee or, or or like just not even in Tallahassee? Was there a poetry scene in general that influenced you at all, or you this was all in, like internal inspiration? No, I, I rather I rather get inspiration from other places other than life. Like you could be talking to me about caterpillars, I go write a poem about a cow. 
Sometimes you can just say something that just spark it. Mm-hmm. So the scene that was here, I only got here in 96. And the show I'm telling you about, it started in 96. Okay. It was another portrait scene, like more white people slash black people mixed together. It was a place called Paradigm. Um, it was on, on by Florida State campus, but it was real smoky. I would go there, but I don't know what the scene was before I got here. But the night jazz, they had a beautiful, it lasted about for a year. Uh, yeah, but it, the dude that was over it, him and another dude fell out and then he moved it. Uh, Tampa, and so that's why Black on Black Round used to be on Thursday nights because night jazz at the Sparta used to be on Thursday nights. So I kept that same vein. But what happened was when they stopped doing it at the night jazz, people would see me and they say they used to call me the Polk County for and say, "Hey, come, come do a poem you did so and so." So people would give me in the backseat. They called it a club doing poem. They 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 kept messing with me. When y'all gonna sort it back up? When y'all gonna sort it back up? So I talked to the dude. He said, "Man, I ain't, ain't sort of. I don't move to Tampa, whatever." Well, can I start my own? Said, yeah. But that's how I started Black. Actually, I didn't start Black and Black Rhyme, but I started poet at drive-bys. So I, I did on Thursday nights. We'll be at somebody's apartment. Uh, we'll have a poetry show. The first time I came, it was only two people plus my roommates. It was two girls plus the next time, it was about eight people plus my roommates. And we, we, the concept was we would have it. It was called poet at drive-bys. The concept was to get hit by one. And you never knew when it was going to happen. You had to, I would call people that Thursday and tell them where we're going to be at. Well, no flies or nothing. But eventually, we kept it at my apartment. I got my own place. And they said, we well, just have it here. But we just started doing it here. But eventually, we outgrew that. You know, in 99, uh, we did the Mount Zion Calypso Cafe. And that's when it started. Be- that's when it became Black and Black Rock. Before, it was just poetry drive-by. So, it, so you didn't, it wasn't intentional for you to, like, Not at all. create a show and like showcase poets is something that's kind of just organically grew into what it became. Yeah. So people always ask, what was my business plan? And it wasn't one. It was just the, the love of the arts. And as a matter of fact, when we did it at the drive-by, the drive-by was free. We started charging that Mount Zion because I had to pay rent. And then we would start doing out-of-town shows. People invite us to it. So it costed me like rent vans and all that. Hold on, we just start charging. That's when it became a business. Was there was there like a moment that you seen that you can make money from it? Was money ever involved other than the fact that you had to pay, you know, pay the basic bills? Or did you see like this is like a viable industry, like people enjoy this and they'll pay money for it? It, it became that, but that, that's not where I started. Because like I said, at first I was doing free shows. When I realized it started costing me gas, time, and, you know, hold on, I need to talk. And they were willing to pay then when we got product, it made it even easier. So you never looked at it like a, you know, like hip hop or like a, you know, genre of music. Like I make this, I sell it, I can make money. You still just doing it because this is what you do. You you didn't look at it from like a monetary standpoint from the start. Right. And I still don't. And that's part of why we still around 25 years. So yeah. So so how did it go from so poetic so you're doing the drive bys and you're starting to get people to come consistently whenever you call to the point where you have to move to a facility. How did it grow from there? So you went to Mount Zion Calypso Cafe, which was a cafe that was close to uh FAMU University. How did it grow from there? How did people how did you move it? So now you're seeing it's growing. What was kind of like the next pro like what was like the next phase for you? 
Well, well, first of all, I had to go to poets. You know, you, you gotta have, you gotta have, so you gotta have entertainment. I knew how versatile I was. I mean, I was, I could do different. I could do ten poems at a show for a whole year, and all be different poems. So I knew I had it. So what I did to draw other poets, I thought when we first started doing the drive by, I was the only poet. By the first three or four, I was the only one doing poems for a whole hour. You know, and keeping them, you know, so the crowd grew. I said, I need more poets. So I had a portrait contest. That's how I met Wally B. Uh, and Salam, with Salam, we grew up together. He just happened to come by our shop one day, and I told him I was doing the drive-by. That's how I met Shadow. That's how I met a lot of them guys through the portrait contest. And one of the ones that, from the contest, I told him about the drive at my apartment. That's how we built that up. And that's how it grew up. They bring their friends, they bring their friends, they bring their friends, and it just grew. So once we moved to Mount Zion, we already had a follow-up. So Mount, Mount Zion is where it kind of like got bigger, like it blew up. That's where it blew, like really blew the name well, up, Mount Zion. Well, 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 Mount Zion before Mount Zion, that wasn't a name. It was called a drive. It wasn't. I didn't have a poem called Black and Red Line. Oh, okay. Once we had grew the apartment, I see y'all. We need to move it to this place called Mount Zion. I remember so long time. The only way I do my poems at no church, not a church. <laughs> <laughs> I said uh, we need to we need to come up with the name. I said, I think we should name the Black on Black Line, but if y'all come up with a better name, we can change it. Because it, it wasn't a dictator, it was a democracy, and I won't do it. But no one came up with a better name. I even had about 10 other names, uh, but that Black on Black Line stuck. And that's what it became, so. So wh what are you doing? So before, okay, go ahead. Before we moved to Mount Zion, there was no Black on Black Line. It was just a form. Okay. Once we went to a venue, then we had to name the show. That's what Black on Black Line, as the show became the show. Wise. So why you 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 got the poets? So poets are starting to come. You got you know people who are. Is, what was there like a process for you to be like? I I want my show to look like this. I want it to be like this. I want certain these certain types of poets. I want this. I want that. Or were you just like accepting of anybody who was interested in in performing poetry? All right, I'm gonna, let me let me put it like this. Black on Black Rob was not something you get into. It was something that got into you. So the poets picked Black on Black Rob most of the Black on Black Rob picked the poets. Okay. He consistently coming. He helped, he helped me break them chairs. Pick, pick them chairs up. Help me do the door. Help me do security. Uh, write, perform. That's how you became. And some of the poets weren't great. But with the collective that we were, it, it all worked. We had great poets, all right poets, beginning poets, skilled poets. Sex poets, conscious poets. It was when I say it was a a melting pot of poets and creativity on all levels. That's what made it beautiful. So you didn't. It wasn't like a, a idea. You didn't have an idea. You didn't want to have it set up a particular way. I wanted to have a certain vibe. It, it became more like uh like a family bond, like people that really, you know, wanted to be a part of. Like the black on black rhyme brand, really? Right, because see, think about this. Then it what is what? Hold up, let me get rid of this part. Back then, it wasn't really money involved. So, I, I, who am I to tell you to be a part of this? But I can't pay you. But although although we got paid, because what I would do, I would record the shows live, and then when we go out of town to do shows, we would sell the CDs. So even if somebody went on the CD when they became family, they still made money. I said, hey, the CD ten dollars. Y'all bring me back three, y'all keep seven. If it, but I ain't on it, it don't matter. You sell it the brand. Right. So them how to how to hustle too.
Somebody must have came some of the best hustlers in the world off that. Oh, you ain't got to tell me. Trust me, I've learned a lot. Oh, <laughs> uh, what were you doing? So, like, you you went you you at Florida State. You started building this, uh, like the black and black brand brand is building. What are you doing in the meantime? You went to school. You know, finish school. What's, no, what's going on? With I, you? Came, I came. I came to Tallahassee with AA degree. Mm-hmm. I only went to Florida State for two semesters. I flunked out. Well, well, I, I flunked out, but I did flunk out. I didn't. I had an incomplete because I didn't show up for a test. My, my roommate didn't pay the bill. We got locked up. So in the morning, I had to do a final. We had no lights. We had to be out of there. We met with the car. I just missed my finals or whatever. And I just never did it. But I had a, I was, I had a beauty supply store along with some other partners. But that's how, that's how I financed some of the stuff, the money I made from the beauty supply stores. And then from the booty, when people come into the store, we would advertise the show. Um, and we just built from there. So they came in as customers. Hey, y'all need to come to this, this sports show on Thursday night. And that's how we, we kept the floor on. So a lot of college students came, a lot of locals. But we were funneling them from black home, from young fashion to black home back ride. Were you um, discouraged at all that you didn't finish, that you didn't finish? With, you know, you came to Tallahassee to kind of complete something and stuff happened kind all. of got in the way. You weren't discouraged at all? Not at all. If that was the case, I would have went back. Did you feel like? Uh, did you feel like that was the whole kind of black on black rhyme inception? You feel like that was maybe the thing that you needed to experience to kind of, you know, push towards doing black on black rhyme. No, like I said, it was it was very organic. Okay. They had to stop doing that show at the Sparta on Thursday nights. I probably never saw the black on black rhyme. I got tired of people asking me when was we going to start the, the sports show back up. That was that was the job before was doing anything. I wasn't trying to be a founder or something CEO. I went I had you come on Santa Tallahassee for this long. And like I said, I came here to be Hazards to Atlanta or, or the LA. But it's uh why was that in Mount Zion? I don't even know the guy's name, but I just know his daughter was going to FAMU. And while he was waiting, he came he came to Black Home by Ryan. He, he was outside smoking a cigarette. And he said, Man, I he said, I read the light. Like what y'all got going on here, man. I appreciate it. That's the way you find me. I live in LA. I said, uh, I'm thinking about moving to LA to do this. He said, No, nah, no. Nah. He said, Don't do it. He said, he said So, like, this is a dime a dozen in LA. It's, it's full of poets and artists. He said, But here you stand out. And that was, I never forgot that conversation. And, and about school, once we moved to Black Home Around from Mount Zion and up to Amarok Bookstore, it was a professor at, at, at FSU that was there that came and they would walk through to the car. I thought about going back to school to get my creative writing degree. And it's like, don't do it. He said, and, and they're going to try to teach you to be like other people. He said, what you got going on here is, is beautiful. That's what the world is moving to, more of what you're doing. So a lot of other poor, they're trying to get you to go. They did. They did it gone. He said, I like what you saw. So school, it didn't become a factor in that way. So I, I, didn't, I didn't miss it. So you um you, you say you had a beauty supply store that basically you was using a finance building black on black rhyme. What did you did you worry about at first? Did you did you worry about having to pay poets to come perform? Was it any poets just like I'm not you know I'm a performer, I need to be getting paid? Was that something that kind of crossed your mind as something that might might have been an obstacle in your way? No, because when we when we did road trips and all that, 
I never told them that I was paying for it because if they came for the money, they won't probably need to come. But every road trip we went on, they always came back with money in their pocket. Mm. If anybody went in the hole, it would be me. So a lot of times I lost money. Some I paying them, I wasn't making the money to pay me. But I wasn't <laughs> doing it for the money. Right. And so that's why I say if it was about the money, I got a, <laughs> I got a poor mistake. If it wasn't about the money, I'd have been done quit. But I'm about my people, so bit by bit, I make it happen while I'm dapping in these shoes. I'm on the track, dressed in black, cold, in the blues. Yeah, if it was about money, no. A lot of times when we, get, when we got paid for out of town, so I didn't tell them we were making money. They didn't know until they got money at the end. I'm like, what this for? We got paid for this show. So I couldn't tell them how much they were going to get because I don't know who I was going to go. I was really being to try to fill it up. It wasn't no one or two poets. Everybody can get this experience. Everybody can get these CDs and hustle. Everybody can get a chance to walk this bike. So it built, they stayed present. They built, they, uh, they built the post people to sell products. And they built, it built organization at the same time. Did you um? How did you go from? So I know you 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 were building, you it was bubbling in Tallahassee. You built the name there. You started getting bigger from you know going to Mount Zion and more people. How did how did the name grow out? How did people know about you outside of Tallahassee? Because you were going to different places performing. How did they know who you were? How did they even find out about you? So Tallahassee is the hub. Well, out of every semester, new people come. Every semester. Old people leave. But what we did, we recorded the shows live on CD. So people would buy the CD and send it to their homegirl in another city, their homegirl, their boyfriend, their daddy, their mama. So when we got, that got us to other cities. So we would go to like UF. Like we stay at UF. They would, they would, because people from here, like with the high school in Canada, Rise, they go to UF. Now they part of BSU down there. They, 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 they invite us to pay. They invite us to come perform. And when we get there, we talking. Somebody be like, "Hey, you the guy on track nine? You the guy on track 10? And everybody like, "What the hell they talking about?" Somebody had them gave them the CDs already, so they they knew it from our board before we met them, and that's what that's what blew it up. That's what blew it. Were you um? Was that something that you was like? Another thing was that organic, or was that something that you was you know intentional about doing? Like, hey, I want to start okay. performing outside of Tallahassee in different places. Where I can bring Not organic. But in two thousand, uh, one of my original members was uh, Walter B. Jennings. He happened. Uh, he was in the poetry contest that I told you about. But he was from Tampa. So one, one, and I'm from Polk County. You know, it's like forty five minutes from each other. So I go to a, a poetry show at Evo City at the strip club, and I'm sitting beside this guy at the table. And I said, "God, oh, you look familiar." And, uh, not really oh, that's hold on. Was. So did, you, did you say a poetry show at a strip club? Yeah, they say bearing their souls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they say I'm a strip club at the poetry show. But uh, he said, yeah, I go to school with FAMU. And I said, man, I'm, I'm so-and-so, whatever. So I told him I was doing, doing the, the drive-by, whatever, and he saw the company. That's who started the first chapter outside of Tallahassee because he, after he graduated, he would drive from Temple to Tallahassee on a Thursday night just for the show. And his, his wife told him, she said, Babe, won't you just start one here? And so 2001, September 11th was supposed to be the first show in Ebor City. But you know what happened September 11th, 2001? Yeah, yeah. So we had to do it September 18th. 
So that wasn't even exactly. that wasn't even planned. That was organic also, just being able to spread out and go to different cities. Um what what do you think like how people would did you think people would receive it? Like I know you had a certain uh way that you had kind of established black on black rhyme in Tallahassee. Did you think people in different places would receive it differently or were you worried about how people would receive it? I wasn't I wasn't worried about it at all. I, I was, every place had its own audience and vibe. Like Tampa was totally different from Tallahassee. But he had he had two poets that was good and prolific. It was Wallaby and uh I mean it was Wallaby Life and JB. All three of them was good poets in their own rights, and they was good hosts. So yeah, he had the formula of what to do. Then we would come out there all the time from Tallahassee and just build. And Tampa probably had more poets than Tallahassee had eventually. Just hadn't got because remember, I, I said when I went to Tampa, they had a they had a, a poetry group called uh, We Take Those Prisoners. It was more so older poets. They had a they had a vibe, but they, it went like Black on Black Rhyme. There was more like conscious Black on Black Rhyme was everything. I say everything, everything. They did points about any and everything. And it, 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 grew. it grew. All right, keyboard, keep it real. Was it what? So black and black rhyme them them branched out. They got they got Tallahassee on lock. They got Tampa on lock. Did you did you start feeling? Was it, did you did your ego grow any? Did you start feeling like hey, I'm starting to I'm starting to become you know they they need to be they need to know who my name is. You know, the 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 cost of the brick done went up. <laughs> you know, no. Actually, was was crazy that uh, I actually enjoyed when they didn't know who I was because once they know who you are, they treat you different. You lose the organic feel. You lose that that vibe of coming to an open mic for the first time. People not knowing who you are. Even when I, I I just performed in Columbus over the weekend, and my wife said, "You ain't tell them who you was." I said, "I know." Like, I, I rarely say I'm the founder and CEO or whatever. I said, I'm a member of Black Mobile Ride, bloom, 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 bloom. So it, it's, it's never been about self-recognition. Uh, when I do shows now, sometimes I only do poems. I be a host hosting. I don't even be knowing. You know, you know how some people, a, some people are, you get a couple new followers and, you know, yesterday's price is not today's price just because you got to, you know, your following them went up. Right. And sometimes the price, sometimes we would, we would do free shows, but we have product. Sometimes we would make more than they could pay us anyway. And see, when we, when we go on a road trip, yeah, we go into a porch show. We at the gas station hustling. Sometimes we done done this sort out of CDs and we got to the show. Come time we get gas, hey, everybody see a three team before we leave. <laughs> Building us up. We used to go to shows, man, and they had a feature, world renowned feature. We would get their product and sell it with ours. By the time the feature got on the mic, they been sold out. We done gave them the money or whatever. We done sold our stuff too. That way we ain't sitting there getting the money from the crowd and the feature can't sell nothing. We, we thought about all that. But, but then that's what made people respect Black and Black Ryan even more. Because, you know, people, it's, it was cutthroat. But we, we never we never were cutthroat. Although we had people with some egos, the, the organization itself didn't have egos that, that made it look bad. So y'all y'all looking out y'all looking out for the future the features y'all selling these CDs you making sure everybody get paid before they even perform. Yeah, and some, 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 sometimes they didn't have product, but 
if we because when I say when I say we became B set, I had a nice listen, y'all. Listen, listen. Let's stop doing let's go see get the feature CD and sell them with ours. So if we sell a CD for ten dollars, you give me a twenty, ain't no change. You got two CDs of anything. Yeah. So, so I mean some people I already got a CD. He sold it to me. Oh, I'm just checking, just checking. You you didn't at, at that time. So you, y'all selling CDs, and and this is why I kind of want to know because people, people think about the money part. So at that time, because you are the CEO, you're like the face, even though it's an organization, but you are like the creator. You're the CEO. You at that enough part of that were you thinking about like you should be taking a piece of all of this because this is a part of like your establishment. Like I'm taking two percent, three percent. Okay. That, that, that. CD was ten dollars. Okay. They gave me back three. They kept seven. Okay. 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 The the three, I had to buy the CD, had to buy the burner, had to pay to do the record. So it wasn't the three wasn't profit. The three was just went toward the expense of, of, of doing it or whatever. Okay. Gas. Yes. But the, the beauty of what I got up was they said by them growing it grew us. Okay. Then it eventually when that, when they got so good where they could do features. Now I can just take one or two portions. So now we get paid 400, 500. You see what I'm saying? We can, we, now we can do shows all over. We don't have to go as a group. Now they, now they skilled enough to rock a show on their own. And it was up to them to build that, themselves up as a product. And a lot of them did. A lot of them got their own CD, but they got all the money off of it. Studio CD. Black and Black Brian paid pay for it. I, I brought, brought them for them for free. You know what I'm saying? So we invested in each other. Push all of us forward. As as it was growing, you know, Black on Black Rise done got big name, you know, it's established name, it's a credible name. As it was growing, did you think at any point in time, like because the brand has started to get to a certain point, that you financially should be receiving a certain thing, or it still is just keep it organic and the money's coming however. It's always been organic. And I always should have been receiving stuff, but all, what I received was not necessarily the money that I wanted. I, I don't know what I wanted. Main thing, I just didn't want to lose money. It wasn't about making money; just didn't want to lose. And it got to a point where I actually stopped losing money, where I started making money. But when I started making money, everybody made money too. Like I don't, they can't. People can't say that when he took this because they won no contracts. You know, like I say, it was a privilege for for me to have a place where all of them want to come to. They came and got, they came with, you know, they was college students. Some people graduated the deal. So every year I had to start over. And like, when you start over, every, unless you was at the beginning, you don't, you don't realize how it started because people pass the floors along. But the family got bigger and bigger. And a lot of them started making money. There's a lot of them were making more money than that because they were busy. I was feeding the organization. They were feeding themselves beyond the organization once they grew out of it. And that's why some of them started the organization where they went. Did we you? tried to do, we did, we, oh, we did dues. I guess we started doing dues, but the dues helped pay for the t-shirts, the banner. And if you paid dues, you got more, for, like we got paid for a paid gig, you got a bigger percentage. Okay. I never said what percentage, because it's all based on how many people went to that show. So it was no, never a set number. So if you went, we did, we went to a show and did a thousand dollars, and 10 of us went, and five people paid dues, they would get more than the five people that did pay dues. How long did it take for you to, to go from losing money to actually start making money? That I don't know because I never kept track of it. 
That's a few years. And some shows, and now every now and then, some shows, I didn't lose money. But as a whole, yeah, I came with my pocket a lot. Because even when we started, we started selling merchandise. When we first did merchandise, I paid for the shirts. I just, it, was, it was a giveaway to the Black Home Bond members. But when we gave the shirts away, everybody else said, we want shirts. That's why we started selling the shirts. Mm-hmm. So every, everything, nothing was planned as a business. It, be, it became a business because of the demand. Same people that made our shirts back in 2001, they still make our shirts to this day. So, black on black rhyme. Now, not just poetry, shows, performances. You got CDs, you got shirts, you got merch, you got. Uh, what, what's all the different merch you have? I, I can't even name. I, <laughs> I know it's a bunch well, of stuff. Well, over time, we, we, had, uh, we had hats, we had dog tags, we had belt buckles. Uh, CDs, T-shirts, hoodies, jackets. Uh, we even had fly squatters. We used to call them hater hitters. <laughs> <laughs> we had shakers. We had shakers with the logo on it. We had car magnets. Uh, I, I had I had came across a company that did special. They did uh, promotional stuff, so I would get everything they had for the month. Put Black Mirror on me and sell it. I still got my, uh, I had a, I think it was a hand-painted one-of-one black-on-black rhyme shirt from, like, 2006, maybe. So those shirts was handmade, and we had a group called uh, Complex, and we, the other group was called, uh, what's the other group called? Complex. But it was the, they were actually hand-painted, so all of them are original. There was, ne- there was never one that was the same. I still got I still got two or three in the closet. I might auction it off during Black Mobile Ryan Week. Now if I could fit it, I would auction I'd wear it, but they too big for me. So how how did so you talking about people paying dues. When when did black on black rhyme go from being a performance place for poets to becoming like an actual organization? Uh when we moved about Zion's. Okay. Once we named it, it became an organization. Like when I was, people, I, I used to be at Florida State doing shows, and they would put Keith Rogers on the thing. I said, "No, don't put Keith Rogers. Put Black on Black Rhyme." So my goal was to, to push the name. I, I, I didn't need the fame. I needed the the, the name, and they got all. They would put Back to Our Poetry Troop. So if I put Back to Our Poetry Troop, Black on Black Rhyme, no matter what poet showed up, they was trade. If I put Keith Rogers on it, if I don't show up, it's like they they got got for their money. So when I when I do I will always bring another pool with me to, to give them that line like to get that sound like it ain't just me it's it's a, it's a lot of us. In order to get into the organization, did they get haze? Was there a hazing period or it was? Well, I, I just I, I answered that question earlier. You didn't get into the organization. The organization got into you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now some now some now some poets tried to haze thing, but I was never part of part of that. Like in the hazing one, but they'll, they'll make them speak, uh, pick up chairs and all that. I would pay attention to who would help without being asked. Okay. That was the Black and Black Rhyme spirit. Helping out when you see it needed. Or, or asking if it ain't needed. But at least, you, at least you paid attention to it enough to do it. And that's how a lot of them got in the Black. They kept coming to the show. They, some of them thought they were getting hazed. They weren't. I was poor by the teasing about but it wasn't, it wasn't no hazing. And nothing they had to do was be sincere and be consistent. You didn't even have to be a great poet because some of them weren't great poets. They became better, but even their personality it added to it. 
Everybody feels they're not a bore somewhere. So, uh, what I want to know is, where did the hustling spirit come from? So, you say you're a writer. You're going to write all day, every day. No, 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 that's, no. That's not what I said when I'm from Polk County. That's where that hustling spirit came from. Okay. You went back and told you what happened in fifth grade. So, what I did tell you about the fifth grade in calligraphy, and I taught myself calligraphy, what I started doing, I started to paint on people's clothes. So, I used that art to make money. I used to paint on jeans, jackets. Uh, car tags, sun visors. I made, I made, made some good money uh, uh, painting on pants. And this was back in the 80s. <laughs> that, that, that my, my daddy picked food, I picked food, I sold marbles, played marbles. We, we mowed yards, we cut grass. We always had somewhere we, we made money growing up. And the hustle that, that came from Polk County, not from, not from poetry. No, okay. It just happened to become one, one of the hustles and products. And, and I always thought, I always thought it had something to do with poetry not being looked at as the same as, you know, like uh, the other genres of like music. You know, it kind of looked at poetry like the like the redheaded stepchild. So I always thought that kind of came from kind of wanting to get your respect for your craft and your art. No, that that had nothing to do with it. Respect is, uh, you think about every art, you just, all of it poetry. All of it. Even music. Music is, is uh, musical musical lyrics. Songs. Poetic lyrics. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and poetry is probably the most, the most pimped out form of art. And the meaning is, you, you don't have to have any experience to write a great poem. Music, you got to have some type of experience to, to write, to, to get the guitar, pick it up for the first time, and play it. Poetry, you don't have to. You know how to talk. You know how to write a poem if you apply yourself right. And no one can tell you how great it's not going to be. So first-time poets, some of them rock harder than lifetime poets. You'll never see a first-time guitar and walk harder than a professional guitarist. You, um... So you... How, how did it... How did you go from black on black rhyme to where people are now contacting you to do stuff that's not poetry related, like hosting events and um, even like Tallahassee Nights Live? How, how did that even come to be? All right. So you got to think about black on black rhyme. I always hosted it. Mm-hmm. When people came to the show. No, I hosted. It's just, you know, going to do poetry shows uh, with Tallahassee Nights Live. Uh, I saw the host and Taylor has Life Live. I actually started performing there first. And we we did an 80s show. Me, Dot D, Donnell Davis, the background singers, which was a group called Nuance with Deanne Williams, uh, Shakela, not Shakela, Shakira, and the girl named Star. Now it was the 80s show, but we performed like three or four songs of peace. Then me and Doc, we vibe so well on stage. It's all called the dynamic duo. And that's how it ended up hosting. We had tried hosting, we had tried comedians. And it's just, you know, after a while, comedians run out of jokes because they said the same jokes. Mm-hmm. But when I go up there, I'm not telling jokes. I'm just up there just being me, organic. And it, it just started working out to where I just started hosting. So that, that's also like another thing that. Wasn't intentional. It was just straight organic. Like it just kind of, right. It just came to be. Um, 
talk about black on black rhyme week. So that got so big now to the point to where you got how how many members of Black on Black Rhyme would you say there are? Um, I couldn't I couldn't answer. I have no idea. You say hundreds? Yeah, Black on Black Rhyme chapter. It's over hundred. Not, I mean, not not all of them active. And uh, remember, some some the membership is it's a come and go thing. Some of them come to the shows on a regular. Some of them don't. Some of them don't live here. Some of them, some of them are in cities that don't have black on black vibe, but they still claim it, and we still claim them. You know, we don't have members that got kicked out of certain chapters, but I still claim them. They got kicked out of that chapter. They get kicked out of black on black rhyme. Okay, so black on black rhyme that, week. How, how did you come up with the idea to do a whole a whole week? Where where did that idea come I, from? I didn't come up with that idea. Uh, Lillian Walker. She came up with the idea to do a, to do a week celebration or whatever. Uh, she was the president of Black Women Rhyme at the time. That was her idea. I think our first one we did was in two thousand and one. So we were back. We didn't need a week because back then we had a show every week. We had a show every week. We had a meet every week. So we would meet throughout the week, <laughs> Tuesdays and Thursdays already, and plus doing shows. Uh, and that's where the shirts came in. That when we did the first week, we had shirts. For, actually, we had shirts before that. But the, the first shirts with the logo on it was in 2001 during the week. So our first shirts, we didn't even have a logo yet. Who created? Uh, who, who created the uh, logo? Let me get to that. Uh, the, the logo was created by Kenya Colvin. She was one of our Black on Black Ryan fans. She lived in Atlanta now. She did graphics. She came to the show. She used to come all the time. She said, "Keep them make y'all a logo," and that's the logo we had ever since. She didn't be charged before it. <laughs> oh, so Black on Black Rhyme, we started. You said started in two thousand and one. Mm -hmm. So this is this will be twenty. No, 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 the week started. 20, Black on Black Rhyme started in ninety eight. The actual week started, but we always celebrate. We just didn't do a whole week. Okay. So and even now we don't do a whole week. It's it's, it's Wednesday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's not the whole week anymore. But back then, when we did the week, we would go to church. I uh, have, you know, we did stuff for the whole week. So what? What's the Black on Black week now? What is? What is? What does Black on Black week it's, entail now? Well, it's, it's always the first full week of September. And a lot of people don't know this right here. Black on Black Ryan was actually started, I think, August nineteenth, nineteen ninety eight. Oh, that's my birthday, August nineteenth. So the so the students were gone. That's why we don't do August 19th because, you know, students coming back to school, a lot of them gone by then. So that's why we do the first full week in September. We don't do the first week in September because that's Labor Day. So that's how that's how it actually became the first full week in September. But we actually got started in August. I've had the first drive-by. It might have been, yeah, I did the first drive-by like August 9th. I think we moved to Mount Zion's when we moved there. I think it was August 19th, if I'm not mistaken. How when I say no, I, when I say when I say that that right there, I don't I don't think any of the members know that. That started August nineteenth. That it started in August and not September. We just we just do the week in September because that's where all the students are back in school and back from Labor Day. How just how did you think that uh, poetry as a genre? How how did you think poetry as a, a genre with with stay did you think it was it uh you know at, at the time you know a lot of people got into spoken word and 
did you think it was going to have longevity? Did you think it was going to be something that might just be like a niche thing that some people were into? What What was your ideas about like the whole culture of poetry? Didn't have one. I never was in it to win it. I, I never thought about how long I'd be doing it. Mm. Never thought I'd be doing it this long. Never thought I would be doing it this long. I got that. It's just something I like. It's just something I did. It's something I did. Would you? If I went on Black Rob, I would. I would. I would drive out of like some say we didn't have a we have Black Rob on Thursdays because it freed my weekends up. I would hear about a porch so in Orlando. I would drive down there. Get dressed in the parking lot, do the show, and drive back some time. I'll go over to Polk County. I would go all over doing the poetry. Whereas I mentioned Black Man Robin Knight. I I love the art. Like I said, I never were exposed to it growing up. They don't tell me where I would be if I had been exposed to it when I was a kid. Even when I wrote the poem in fifth grade, I never I never was exposed to it. Like people like, who influenced you? I don't know. It wasn't no famous writers because I, I didn't know about them. Did you did you ever have did you ever have times where, you know, the crowd may have been small or wasn't as consistent as you wanted that you got discouraged or you just you just kept it kept it going. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that happens a lot, but I don't get discouraged about it now. What I am what I am discouraged about that we never have big crowds all the time. Like we've been around twenty five years, and sometimes we have big crowds, sometimes we don't. People don't respect it enough sometimes. Do it. I go out of town, they got packed, they got two or three hundred people. Is there anything that you think is a, the reason behind that, or you think that's just kind of the nature of, you know, that area? It's both. You know, Tallahassee is a transit city. So a lot of people that used to come, they move away. They come here for school. They don't come here to stay. Other cities... A lot of times the people come to the state so they know about it. You know, they they grow with it. But I know I know a lot of people that graduated and they come back and say, Man, you still doing this? We all still doing the show? We are. But they're not here all the time. You know, and I probably could do better advertising. Uh me and my wife talk about this all the time. I need I need to do that. That would help. But I, I think it's a shame that we don't have we don't have packed houses all the time. And we and we used to back back in the day, Mount Zion and all that. Yeah, I remember Mount Zion used to be yeah. packed out. Yeah, we but we had a lot more poets. We had a lot more poets. Did you ever, at any point in time, think about selling or, you know, has anybody ever approached you about buying the idea from you or taking the idea and I could promote it nationally or put it on TV or. You know, make the brand bigger than what it is. Did anybody ever approach you or talk about maybe like investing or anything like that? No, not that I remember. We had some members to talk about doing that, but and we did. You can national. I mean, we. But no, nah, no. Nah. I need to do it. I need to make a document. Or we're working on a documentary. We're gonna be doing a lot of film and doing Black on Black Rhyme Week too. Uh, in testimonies. That's why you need to come down for do right and take that flight. <laughs> yeah, because I I definitely got some stories to tell, some great stories to tell uh, about Black on Black Ron. It's interesting. I'll bump into people 
that I haven't seen in 15 years. And that's where they'll remember me from. That's where they'll know me from. And I bumped into somebody in D.C. maybe a few months ago. And and they, they spotted me out from there. I was like, oh, man, yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. Um, so what's, I guess, what's the, where where you want Black on Black Ryan to go from here? What's the, the outlook from here? Actually, um, I think it should be a movie done on Black on Black Ryan, a documentary. Because those that know, don't know. I mean, those, those that know, know. Those that don't, don't. You'd be surprised, like you just said, how many people are connected from Black on Black Ryan. You know, These people got, and not just Black on Black Ryan, you have other cities that have uh, poetic organizations too. They might not be as big as Black on Black Ryan, but they are just as reported. In other cities, uh, people, you know, we got New Orleans real big. They got Charlotte, like it's, it's some Texas. Texas got a lot. Although we're talking about us, but it's not just Black and Black Rhyme as an organization. It's Black and Black Rhyme as spoken word artists, and there are a lot more of those out there as well. And I, and I love I love to see new poets doing their thing, but I also like to see old poets doing their thing too. Okay. I guess that Sometimes, was... some people some people enjoy the bridge more than they enjoy the water. Because when you're on the bridge, you can look over both sides of the world without getting wet. Mm. That was the next question I was gonna ask you. At any point in time, did are you do you get fatigued from it, or you know what motivates you to kind of keep it going? Cause I can still do it. I can still spit. Do a point for a crowd and still move. Be a recognized talent and push them. Okay. I have the ability to draw in the youth and also draw in the elf. I got one of our four weeks ago, Black and Brown show. We had a nine-year-old there, but we had two seventy-something-year-olds there. That's wow. four of them. And all of them said, "Can we come back?" Y'all can. So, as a whole, do you look at what? I mean, what was there like a, a, a idea at any point in time? Like this, I feel successful once I reach this level, or do you feel like you're successful just because you you were able to start something in? The organization is, you know, it represents what it represents now. Oh, what what is your idea of success for Black and Black Ryan? Here's the one. Long as long as you can say that name and it means something to you, that's success. If you, if you say that name and you like you don't know what it is, that don't mean that it's not successful. The time I have just passed, or you know, I don't try to judge it like that because I did. I probably won't be still doing it. I just had this conversation with a, um, a publisher today. Like, how do I measure success? I don't. It's very relative. Mm. Some successful it. people right now with a pocket full of money going through hell, but they got a pocket full of money. Right. So it's never, and I guess it's, it's you know, something that, you know, I always knew about you. Like I said, I always knew about you, but something I always picked up about you, you never came off as, you know, you didn't put money first. Money, and I don't mean like money first, like you didn't, you don't care about money, but you didn't lead with, you know, what's going to be my, you know, my cut first. Um, you, you, you led, it seemed like you led more with just your personality and your energy 
and you know that's what people gravitated towards um and that's what i always found you know fascinating about you because because it it could some you know a different type of person could be like you know i can make money you know i can just be very cutthroat um and I, and I feel like you didn't do that. And the way you handle people, you know, resonate because, you know, everybody is going to have, you know, great, you know, words to speak about you and Black on Black Rhyme. Like the name, you know, carries a lot of weight. And I think that all has to deal with like how you presented and how, you know, the Black on Black organization was, you know, handled and how it welcomed in people and how it dealt with people and interacted with the community and that's one thing um a lot of people may not know and, and i know some of but real quick talk about like your interaction with the community because you all up in the community everywhere and a lot of people may not know that about you yeah that i that I, I am i actually work at the courthouse so i get to help help a lot of people through the process of navigating through court also um I've managed political campaigns. I've managed the judge campaign. Well, people say I managed it, but she know what I know what I need. I promoted it. <laughs> <laughs> I managed the triple court COVID campaign. I'm actually uh, had a meeting today to get on a senator's campaign. So, uh, but all all that all that is possible because of the people I know in the community, how I know them, how long I've been knowing them, and the relationships we have. Well, I pick and, I pick and choose when I help somebody. Sometimes somebody pick and choose when I when I can help them. Cause I, I try I, to do it to where I don't burn myself out. Gotcha. I definitely see you do pop up shows at barber shops and beauty salons and uh, barbecue pits. All that <laughs> car wash. Lord, is 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 there anything that you would change about the process from where you started in '96 to 2023? I would have been more um, business-minded about it to make to make it um, better business-wise. It made it about money to some extent. Some say, but I just didn't know. I, like I said, I wasn't doing it for a business. I did it as a hobby. It became a business. Mm-hmm. But in not knowing some stuff, it actually made the organization better. But we could have been bigger than what we are, to be honest. Do you feel like you missed, like you missed any money by being more organization focused? Yeah, a lot of money. Our CD should have been nominated for a Grammy. That's how good our CD was. That definitely, I definitely agree. I done seen some amazing poets, um, amazing, amazing poets that people want wouldn't even know of, and it's just yeah, I definitely have seen some amazing poets. Grammy nominated, Grammy winning, for sure. Most definitely. Um, now. Somebody that seen you, that watched you, that seen how you done built this brand, 
the black on black rhyme organization you got the logo it's stamped if i wanted to do something like that if i was somebody who watched you and said man i i'm inspired by you what would you tell them to do knowing all the things that you you've been through the different you know paths you took what would you tell somebody if they wanted to be like you know what i want to start something organization like this and I want to be something that resembles Black on Black Rhyme. It's according to who they are, where they are, and what they are. If they're a poet that's prolific, I would tell them to get at least two more poets that just as prolific. Start a show once a month, build your crowd. Don't do it for the money. If you do, you're going to get discouraged. The money might be there, might not. It's according to who they know and how they know them. They got sponsors or not. The main thing is the crowd. Mm -hmm. Make sure your audience have a good time. It's something positive. One thing about uh, poetry, it should be positive. It should be felt. It shouldn't be drama filled. And we have so we have situations sometimes, not more so in Tallahassee, but in other places. Sometimes it, it's, it's drama. Um, but then again, that's part of life. Don't don't I don't try to steal people from ready for this. I don't try to be a drummer shield. I try to keep it real. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and that goes to show you, you ain't gotta be ours to pull up. Alright, oh, well, for for people that's gonna be listening, you was telling me earlier you got some some more product that's gonna be coming out. So what 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 you got coming out? I know it's a book. You got some other things. So what what you got coming? Well, I got my book, Black and Brown book out. My other book is called Giant Business. It'll be coming out at the end of the year. Got a book of haikus coming out. Got another book called Seed is Mangoes. We got uh, the Real Legend Black Robert Wild compilation CD. We have some new Black Robert Wild 25th anniversary shirts coming out, hoodies and all that. We have, uh, they can follow me on Facebook, Keith Rogers, on Instagram, Keith Keyboard Rogers, that's Keyboard, K-E-B-O-I. Also, they can follow my YouTube channel, Keith Keyboard Rogers, Keith, K-E-B-O-I, Rogers, who's R-O-D-G-E-R-S. They can follow me in real life to the show. When, when, when and where is the show? Well, the show in Tallahassee is every first and third Friday at um, 242 East Orange Avenue, Tallahassee, Florida, at Signature Lounge. We do a show in Palm Bay every first Friday. We do a show in Fort Lauderdale every first and third Tuesday. We do a show in Mobile, Alabama. When I say we, not me, but we as an organization, back about Ryan, have different chapters. We do one in Mobile, Alabama, every second Friday, every second Saturday. And and these is these is for established poets, uh, superstar poets, beginning poets, open mic poets. Who who is it for? It's from poets to poets. <laughs> they got a liquid flow that can pour. Love you're running late, floor. Just make it on time for the rides. 
Well, I, I say my first time touching the stage uh, was at Mount Zion Calypso Cafe um, back in 2004. Um, and I was, I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect because I wasn't a poet. I was a rapper. But I think you just told me to get up there and do my thing. And, you know, just that experience, you know, helped, you know, my my own personal confidence and being able to get in front of a crowd and talk in front of people and perform. So that was, you know, my first experience with getting on a stage was Mount Zion. So I always got a special place in my heart. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't even know if Mount Zion is still open, but, um, it'll always have a special place because like I said, that was my first time touching the stage and, um, just witnessing, you know, poetry. I hadn't, I hadn't seen it like that before. I didn't know what it was going to look like, what it was going to feel like. I don't even know how, how I got invited. Um, but I just, I, you know, remember being there. And, you know, there was an open mic list. And I think I was asking somebody about it. And I think somebody told me, just do it. Just go ahead and, you know, it's not going to be, you know, everybody going to show love. And that's what happened. And I, you know, I went from that to, you know, I started showing up every week. And that's what it gets. You get shown love. Yeah, so, you know, I definitely... One, I, I don't think you you too humble, Keith. You you you're definitely too humble. You you a legend to me, from from what you've done. I know how hard it is to keep something that you know doesn't have, like you said, it's not a big show, it's not a big crowd, and it should be because the quality of what it is, you know, presents like that. But to keep it going, you know, through the ups and the downs, through the years, you you this is going to be year number 25 so 25 years strong man that's you know that's something to be proud of uh something that's continuing you know to grow so many people have come through there so many people have grown so many people have was able to develop their talents and become greater there you meet great people there um like i said i learned how you know i'm from miami so i learned hustling but i learned more hustling from you you know what i'm saying like <laughs> I, I got some great hustle stories from all selling all types of stuff. Um, yes, Lord. From being at Black on Black Ryan, so I wasn't I wasn't even just there as a poet. I was like you say people, life experiences, all types of stuff. So man, I, I if anything, man, I I definitely want to give you flowers and appreciate because I didn't know the whole story behind Black on Black Ryan and how it, you know the inception where it came from and you know what it take what it took for you to get it to where it is now in the process and and you know it's a long process um so yeah i definitely want to you know send my appreciation and my love and my respect my utmost respect to you for what you've done um and like i said i keep keep those you know interaction those stories and the things that I've experienced with you, trust me, they stay with me to the day. Um, and I, I'll never forget some of those experiences. And, and, and if you do the documentary, 
<laughs> you do a movie. I gotta get my New Orleans story in there. Cause I got a, I got a hell of a New Orleans story. Oh, he would like that. I got a hell of a New Orleans story. But um, but yeah, yeah, I wanted to make sure you know I, I let you know, know that, and um, you know, just definitely appreciate you even taking the time to kind of share this story with me, um, and with you know people that are gonna be listening because you know it's gonna be a lot of stuff that other people don't know. Like you say, people don't know that it started in in August and not in September, and you know where the black on black Ryan name came from and. What what are drive-bys? Where did drive-bys come from? What was that? What was that even? I didn't even know that you was the only one performing the drive-bys. So you, yeah. you was you was yeah. uh, doing it. Yes, I didn't even know that. Funny story about drive-by. About eight nine years ago, we was in a text house saying we got a drive-by so and so. Black and black rivalry. So we had some of the uh, college students' apartment. That's where we were doing a drive-by that year. Police knocked on the door. So when you're doing poetry or whatever, police said, we, just, we heard it was going to be a drive-by at this address, so we make sure everybody's safe. I'm like, what? <laughs> See, we got a call that says it's going to be a drive-by at this address. <laughs> and we had this thing with the drive-by men. Well, that was a good laugh to hear, boy. <laughs> they thought you was doing a real drive by. <laughs> yeah. All right, Keith. Well, man, I appreciate you, you know, sharing with me, uh, sharing with the people that's gonna be listening. Um, and I know it's, you know, they're gonna pick up a lot of great jewels from, you know, talking about, you know, how this stuff you grew, you grew organically. You didn't make it about. The money and you know it grew to to what it is now and how to build the organization and an organization that has integrity um that has some longevity to it based on the integrity so you know for anybody out there you know you can see how this is how it can be done and 25 years later still going so i you know i appreciate your time um, i'm gonna let you get back to. i'm gonna give a shout out to uh all my presidents I'm the founding CEO and the first president, but our first president besides me was Mika Frazier. Our second president was Hazel Lillian Walker. Our next president was Akeem Shadow Sawyer. Akeem was also our webmaster. Uh, one time for all the founders of Black and Black Rhyme, all the chapters, all the poets, all the fans, all the memories, all the rhymes, all the stages, all the venues, all the details, all the promoters. If you ain't being just for sure sharing the flyer or whatever. Black on Black Rhyme Week is September 6th through the 10th in Tallahassee. Uh, join us online, Black on Black Rhyme Poetry Group on Facebook. Uh, follow me on Instagram, like I said before. Uh, and thank y'all once again. You know, sometimes people put weave in their head, but when you tear my hair, do it my hair, it is real. <laughs> Give another plug. Give another plug. <laughs> All right, man. Well, appreciate you for joining the podcast. This is the Keeping It Real podcast. Well, we was definitely keeping it real. Not fake. Um, Keyboard Rogers. Black on Black Rhyme. We out.